Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Entered into the NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Wes Johnson in California, Cody Spears in Texas, and then Jason Bolin in the Midwest. That's where I'm from as well. We're going to chat about quarterbacks in the 2023 NFL Draft, talk about some Jordan Love possibilities, some stuff about the Browns, some fantasy draft, quarterback carousel, all of the good stuff. We're going to talk about NFL Trend Zone tonight. First, though, betonline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. Baseball's heading just right around the corner, too. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, live scores for almost any sports game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BLEAV, believe. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. It is the trend zone. The Chiefs won a exciting Super Bowl, 38-35, but we're midweek, so we're already transitioning into what is the official NFL draft season. So we're going to get into some stuff on the draft, talk about some Deshaun Watson, Browns items, a little fantasy dynasty draft. I want to pick some of these brains. And then I'm kind of curious. I don't want to talk 10 minutes about Aaron Rodgers, but instead I'd like to know their predictions on his partner in crime, Jordan Love. But first I want to start with the draft. And that's because that son of a gun is about what, nine, 10 weeks away. And it is a lot better in terms of quarterback talent than last year's. There was only, was it one dude was all said and done? Kenny Pickett that went off the board last year. And there could be, well, that's what I'm going to ask the panel here. I'm going to start with Cody. This is his forte. Uh, Quarterbacks, especially this time of year. Uh, How many, sir, and I don't know if you want to call him out by name. I bet you did the research. How many quarterbacks will be chosen in round one this year? I think there's going to be... Five quarterbacks chosen in round one. Uh, There's definitely a lot of openings in the league. And the quarterback class this year is so much more exciting than it was last year. Uh, Just like I was telling you all before we went on air, I got uh, um, all five of my quarterbacks for sure above Kenny Pickett. And that starts (laughs) with a big four and Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and Tanner McKee. Me personally, I got Will Levis above CJ Stroud. I mean, these guys, they're insane. Um, this is a class, it could easily, it could kind of line up with the one in 2020. Um with Burrow, Herbert, and Tua. And then you also had uh Jordan Love late in that first round. And then you also had Jalen Hurts later in the draft. This class could be just as good. Uh, they all have their own signal calling cards. And Hendon Hooker, I mean, this guy, he's someone who's probably going to be taken in a second or a third. He could have easily gone ahead of Tanner McKee in the first, if not for the ACL tear. 
it's going to be a fun off season for these rookies. You know me, this is the time of year whenever it comes to my young quarterbacks, there is no bad thing. I mean, it's all ceiling, all ceiling. <laughs> so the one that confuses me is Tanner McKee. And he confuses me because some mock drafts and some sites have him as a third or fourth rounder. Uh, I think, I think uh, Jordan Reed for ESPN kind of floated that he could end up with the Vikings. Um, but he, he really is a prototypical pocket guy, right? Yeah, for sure. Honestly, Tanner McKee is someone I'm not too excited about, but you can see he's the stereotypical bring your lunch pail type of quarterback. Uh, I actually got comps for all of them. I'm going to go. And yeah, let's share those. Y'all. I got mm-hmm. Bryce Young. And, and this is kind of, this is not as prospects, but all this is their ceiling. So uh, in the NFL, I got Bryce Young as like a turbo Drew Brees. I got Will Levis as Josh Allen. That's pretty much the consensus there. All all physical talent. CJ Stroud is kind of like a Justin Herbert. You know, he got a little bit of mobility to his game, but unfortunately, he does still get chased down. But he does have a pretty wicked arm. Um, does like to check down more often than not. But I mean, you got receivers all over the place in Ohio State. Anthony Richardson. Cam Newton. I mean, he's a little bit smaller, but this guy is, he's sculpted from stone. It's going to be insane. He's like the new wave quarterback. And then the least fun one, Tanner McKee. I got Joe Flacco on this one. I mean, you got a Super Bowl ring with Joe Flacco when everything was right, provided you some stability and leadership. Um, I think that if you don't like having Kirk Cousins at quarterback, you probably not don't want Tanner McKee. So. Oh, is he kind of like the Mac Jones of this? Or not yeah, quite? I think that's definitely safe to say. This guy, he he's still working on his pocket presence. He's not going to gain additional yards, but as far as making the right reads, putting good touch on the ball, uh, he has, definitely has enough arm strength to succeed in the NFL. But, I mean, he was just in a terrible situation at Stanford. So, really, just like with Will Levis, these teams are banking on like, hey, we've seen how these guys handle adversity and how they are at the worst of their game. We could live with that. What if we provide a better environment? What could they be? As opposed to someone like CJ Stroud on the other side of things, who he's always been in the best little nest that you could have for a college quarterback. We've never seen this guy really have to face adversity. And whenever he has had the pass rush in his face, He's been kind of miserable. So people are watching this guy throw to, I mean, insane receivers like um, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. And then um, let's see, Jamison Willis, uh, Williamson transferred out of there. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. All guys who are going to be top 15 picks if they're not already. I'm kind of off CJ Stroud. I'm kind of rambling here (laughs) because I like these guys, but... (laughs) Uh, definitely keep an eye out for Will Levis. I think people are knocking him just because at this point in the process, he's not very fun, and uh, uh, others are. I'm definitely looking for Bryce Young to fall a little bit. Will Levis is going to shoot up, and so is Anthony Richardson. I think it's not unrealistic to see my top four quarterbacks all go in the top ten. But Anthony Richardson, I'm not sure he makes it past Carolina at number nine. Wes, I think it's... If they don't trade up. Wes, I think it's... Four. Uh, I'm not convinced I'm a key in the first round, but I can be talked into it, especially after the combine and everything. But here's the deal, Wes. In the top, like, 15, these are the teams that need a quarterback. The Texans, the Colts, 
the Raiders, the Falcons, the Panthers, arguably the Titans, arguably the Jets. And that's not even mentioning the Lions who appear content with Jared Goff. So that's a lot of demand. And then, boom, there's also a lot of supply. How many, Wes, and which team do, that we think needs a quarterback won't take one? Oof. Um, I, I also agree with four. Okay. Um, Young, Stroud, Levis, and Richardson. Um, which of those ones won't go quarterback shopping? Uh, I don't think the Jets will go quarterback shopping in the drafts. Uh, I think they are um, targeting either free agency or, or a quarterback like Rodgers via trade. Um, be interesting to see what the Raiders do. I don't know if they would necessarily go for one in this draft. Um, they probably view their team as right there. Um, although I, I don't think they quite are. Uh, the, the defense that the Raiders have, it, it showed out uh, in some games, but then it also showed some holes in others. Um I think Carolina probably goes quarterback shopping. Uh, but Houston, Colts for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think of that list. Those are those what are the ones. What do you think about the Lions? <laughs> I think the Lions stay pat. I think they ride with Goff, and my guess is they're their hope will be to be big players next year. Uh, I could see them uh, trying to move um, their pick. Do they have two picks this year in the first round? I, I forget yeah. if this they is the, the last year of the Rams. They won. have the sixth and the 18th. Yeah, so I, I could definitely see them uh, being a trade-back candidate from six. Um get more draft capital for next year and use that to move up to get uh, a Marcus May or a, Ooh, a Williams yeah. next year in the draft. And then Hooker would be real cool on Detroit too, especially because he's going to need like a year to recover. So it's kind of like a future, maybe first round pick at quarterback. I think yeah, that was wicked. I think the Lions are... I don't know how to say it. Like, they're kind of like the Miami Heat. Sorry for the basketball analogy, Cody, but like <clears throat> they like what they got while the rest of us are saying, like, you probably could get one more and just be absolutely fabulous. But they're like, no, we like what we got. And I think that's kind of what they are with their roster and then plus Goff. And then if they really do like Goff, like kind of like Vikings fans, like cousins, then then he's young enough to be fine. Like, you know, he only came out of the 2016 draft. So if they're if they're married to him philosophically, they'd probably laugh at the idea of a quarterback. And we just don't think he's that great because the way he fizzled out in Detroit. And uh, it's worth noting, Wes, that ironically, their highest pick, six picks is from the Rams, which they never would have dreamt in a million years. That would have been the pick they got (laughs) when they traded or at this time last year. If you think about it, Jason, how many you got? I love it. 
Well, you know, this, this this is a very, very interesting group of young men here we got going on. I mean, obviously, I like I agree with you guys both on the top uh, on the top four for sure. It, potentially, potentially five. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people and I know I, Hendon Hooker is not going to go in the first round. I'm not thinking so. But I've heard I, there are a lot of people that are really high on that dude. And so then you look at all the guys that will go in the in the first without question. The guys that you mentioned already, I don't need to name them again. Um, but then you have, you got guys like Hooker. You got guys like um, Bo Nix, Stetson Bennett, who are not first round material, but you could snag them up later on in the draft, maybe mid round, second, third, maybe fourth. And for a team exactly like what you just mentioned, Cody, the Lions that don't really need one, but you might as well throw a dart at the board. Good to have one of those guys back behind you. Um, Guys that are (laughs) by all accounts, just as good as any of the top quarterbacks last year. So you got some first round for sure's. And then I think, I I think they're going to be sprinkled in through the top three rounds. Um, I think quarterback is, is big, but getting back to Caleb Williams now with next year and dust or uh, Wes, your idea of stocking up on capital to go after that guy. How many teams do you suppose are already thinking that? Oh, a bunch. What? Um, can we, Cause I mean, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be something, especially yeah. with all the Patrick Mahomes comparisons. And you got to think that there's a lot of teams that are thinking, <laughs> thinking ahead like that yeah i mean the the nfl is a, a win now yeah industry yeah. um so i i don't know if there's too many that are thinking too far ahead you kind of already have to have some kind of an establishment like the lions they've been able to to build up from whatever it was to an um what uh, two and fourteen, two and sixteen, some, two and fifteen. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, and then to fringe playoff team this last year, uh, they've been trending in the right direction. They've been adding components uh, along both sides of the ball. And while Goff is good, he's a good placeholder. They're just, you know, a, the guy or, or a not dynamic pass catcher or pass passer away from being like the team of the next decade, like the, the yeah. chiefs are. So um, I think Detroit's poised perfectly right now to trade back, gather capital for next year. And in, in order to make that, you know, King's ransom push to get, you know, one of those guys. Yeah, for sure. And, and one last thing I will mention about this is I just hope these guys, guys are are fortunate enough to 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 get put in a in a position where they can all succeed um and we see it so often that that's just not the case and and we end up talking about them four years from now as as complete failures or busts or whatever but you know it's uh the coaching is going to play a big part in the in these guys success as well just like it does always and you know dustin we'll, we'll bring up the cardinals for that um even a guy as talented as a kyler murray has been, I think, floundered and squandered by what we now know to be a, an incompetent head coach in Kingsbury, which showed signs for about a half a year. Mm-hmm. And you oh, know, and oh, that's yeah. it's really unfortunate that even talent can't even overcome it. 
can't even overcome bad coaching. That's that's the daunting world in which we live, and so many careers are destroyed on both sides of it. Yeah, that was the young, offensive-minded, sexy head coach theory gone bad. Uh, because you just yes. you went in on the trend, and the trend works a lot for a lot of teams. But if you just do it to do it, then you're in trouble. And you saw what happened there. Uh, worth noting, uh, mentioning on West's contention. So the Lions are indeed in that unique spot that he talked about because a Dan Campbell has everybody in America that likes him, and they have got for quarterback. So next year, if they go ten and seven. He's going to be a coach of the year candidate and he's going to be like, wow, look what he's done with that program. So they don't have the weight of expectations like the Chiefs or any team, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Cowboys, where they have to win now. Otherwise, the fan base is like, well, this year was shit. Anything is better than what the Lions have had, even when they had a good quarterback with Stafford. So to Wes's point that if they, they go with Goff and they. Yeah, we went 10 and 7, got first or second NFC North. Then you have the option and the luxury to say, you know what, son of a bitch, we're going to we're going to go up and get somebody really sweet because now we want to get over the hump and we have this whole structure that this guy is set up to succeed. Um it's it's a it's a twisted little luxury to have. Most teams don't have it and it's it's self-inflicted because you're just trash for so long that when you do something good or you you knock the Packers out of the playoffs, it's breaking news and everybody loves you. Yeah. It's incredible. All right. Seattle the, could be another team. For oh yeah. Yeah. Especially to do that. Yeah. And we got to think that Pete Carroll's probably nearing the door. The oldest mm-hmm. cold, oldest coach in the NFL. Let me yeah. also say maybe <laughs> Arizona and the Titans. That's what I was thinking of this whole time. They could be dark horses for a really high pick next year if Kyler makes it back late from his rehab. Mm-hmm. Also don't really believe in Arizona's hire. I think they made another mistake of jumping on a bandwagon. <laughs> and then the Titans, the cupboards bare, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Derrick Henry, but he's just, I'm not a believer. They could both crash and burn next year and both possibly require quarterbacks. Kyler yeah. Murray seemed to be a mm-hmm. um, an obstacle in coaching uh, a higher cycle this year, which is kind of odd for a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Not I'd even in, not even including the Lions. These 10 teams need <clears throat> quarterbacks. And we think four or five will go in the first round. And then you got the Derek Carr, the Jimmy Garoppolo saga. The Jets, I'll argue the Titans, the Colts for sure, Texans, Raiders, Commanders, Buccaneers, the entire NFC South, Buccaneers, Panthers, Saints, and Falcons. That entire division, in my opinion, is quarterbackless now, unless you think Desmond Ritter is an undercover stud. I mean, think about how wild that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, I mean, quarterback should... purgatory over that division. Yeah, and what was we used to brag about them? Was it four years ago? As who's going to stop this division? Like mm-hmm. when it was Jameis Winston when he was still had a lot of shine, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, and MVP Matt Ryan. I mean, think about how fast the league turns over. Oh yeah, no kidding. All right, so on the the Rogers thing, doing a darkness retreat, which to me just sounds like solitary confinement in prison, which is supposed to be like torture. But he's doing oh man this this thing as enlightenment. So I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> I was I was thinking about how awesome it sounded, and then you, you go and say that I'm like, man, uh, uh, that retreat sounds like something I'd be interested in doing. Well, no, he, he the way that it was he described, he described it. This isn't, no, this is not click. This is not clickbaity like 
I hear I heard what he's going to do. He said it on the show. You go chill in this house in the dark for four days, no music. People drop food off for you in the slots in the door. And then for four days, you're alone in the dark with your thoughts. You come out of it, obvious or apparently able to decide if you're going to keep playing football. But how is that not just the hole in every movie that you've watched on <laughs> in Hollywood? Because he said it's going to be in a house. But in, in your defense, I was watching the clip of him talking about it on Pat McAfee show. And they're asking him how uh, in the dark do you do you just get an idea where the toilet's at beforehand, and then when you have to go number two, like how do you know when you're done wiping? Do you do you have to like <laughs> are you gonna smell the toilet paper? Or does it get in the bath immediately afterwards? Like oh my god, <laughs> you just wiping or it's nuts. But I mean, to me, it sounds awesome. I mean, no, nobody's asking me to feed them. Nobody's asking me to go to work. I don't even know when I wake up. Yeah, but, I'm just but Cody, off and on. Cody, you you're I in like being you're in sometimes. the dark with nothing Heck but yeah. your own thoughts. Yeah, I need a big fat. Are y'all scared of that? <laughs> I could That's do it. Exactly what drove me to drink. Yeah, Cody. I could. I could <laughs> do it. Darkness. I could do no, it. See, I guarantee you, I could do it because a lot of the people on the show are an only child. I know I could do it because I'm just built to be alone. Uh, however, it would be a lot better if I was drunk as fuck for those four days. <laughs> oh yeah, if I had some marijuana, then it would be great. But I mean, whenever I would had to do time myself for marijuana, I I spent a lot of time spent a lot of time alone. So I mean, well, he, he better hope he's uh, he's uh, spiritual. That's all I got to say. He, he goes in there and he gets those voices talking to a man in the dark. And yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's actually a headline, a darkness retreat. Mm-hmm. That yeah. just doesn't sound. I was laying in my bed last night and it was completely dark in there. And I thought to myself, I can't tell if my eyes are open or not. And I was like, this is what Aaron Rodgers is going to go do. <laughs> so he must... <laughs> So he must be able to like read or something because I kid you not. Otherwise, it's the hole in prison. Um, I mean, he can beat off and stuff, and that'll pass a little bit of the time. Yeah, but he has AC. That's the worst thing about the hole is they used to be able to just leave you out in the sun. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I didn't know that. All right. So it's usually all metal boxes too. It's not concrete. Have you been in the hole, Cody? No, I've cleaned the hole. Oh um, my god! Yeah, it was nuts. Feces everywhere. Yeah, they have the drain in the middle of the floor, and all the walls are padded. Oh, and it's in a metal box with no AC, and your bed is a like a fixture on the ground. It sounds like the drunk tank. <laughs> yeah, they put change, people in there. Change well, into the, the toilet. Main, mainly, the people that go in there are people that. Uh, are trying to claim insanity for court. Oh, yeah. So they'll be doing all types of crazy stuff. Like when you feed people, you have to like cut up their hot dogs or they're going to start shoving it in places and trying to go to the hospital and they'd be painting the walls with feces or rolling around in it. And you have to go in there and clean up after it's the worst. Yeah, man. Let's uh, let's uh, switch topics here. <laughs> oh, I like this topic. This is this is what they come for. This is grit. <laughs> yeah, this is. Yeah, man. Um, sure, so, experience. So we talked about Rogers. I talked. We talked about Rogers. Like I promised that we wouldn't. However, I'm going to ask you, Wes. Fast forward to 2024. Um, so maybe the Rogers retreats are behind us. Where is Jordan Love quarterbacking? On the bench somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that could be pretty much just throw a dartboard, pick the team. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um. 
if he gets his opportunity this year, uh, I don't know if he necessarily has what it takes to be a uh, starting NFL quarterback in this league. Uh, the limited sample size that we've been able to see uh, hasn't been all too promising. So um, I relegate him to a backup role until proven otherwise. Jason Jordan Love, uh, I think he if, if Rogers comes back after the retreat, I think he might request a trade. Um, I think that was hinted at a few months ago. But where do you see Love at? Not this season, but next. Gosh, uh, you know, uh, Packers. Okay, Packers. Oh, I'm sorry. I had a. I got. I felt like I just got out of a darkness retreat. Uh, <laughs> brain fart there for a second. I thought you. Were, duh, not this next year. Um. I'm with Wes. I mean, who knows? Who knows where he could end up? Will it be starting caliber? Probably not. Somebody's going to have to pay the guy. So what? What's he even worth? I, I we haven't seen enough of him to to make any kind of conclusion. I don't think, which is really unfortunate. But he will have a year if Rogers does decide and they do pull the trigger and move him to at least showcase something. So I guess I mean this is a good question for. Nine months from now. Yeah, that's why I'm asking it now, because there's a funky <laughs> little wrinkle. That, Cody, you might have already figured what I'm going to ask is based on what Rogers says or otherwise, they have to exercise Love's fifth year option pretty soon here. And that will be twenty point twenty two million in twenty twenty four. And I think he uh, Love gets a lot of leeway because we just we assume the Packers drafted him and therefore he's going to be good because why wouldn't he be? Yeah. But that could just be cynicism from NFC North fans that don't like the Packers. Uh, it's a really interesting question because if Rodgers comes back and says, we're doing this again, baby, that leaves him sitting there for another year. The Packers, I think, would have to decline the $20 million per year option. They're already in cap doo-doo. What say you, Cody? <laughs> yeah, you bring a unique perspective to having to pay both of them. Um which, you know, I was thinking even if Aaron Rodgers does come back that they would keep Jordan Love. But uh, like you said, they are, in, are not in a great cap situation and it's kind of hard to see them paying both of them. Uh, as for 2024, I put that I think he's employed by the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers does exit Green Bay this summer. It makes sense for, I mean, maybe the less sense for Aaron Rodgers, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be too big of a deal for him to leave. Um, but I think Jordan loves best chance of securing a franchise quarterback roles remaining with the team he knows best. And, you know, his his agent and the people around him probably know that as well, um, that he he shouldn't make a lateral move to go prove himself, because if he leaves to another team, it's going to be to go prove himself, not as a franchise quarterback. So to me, it makes the most sense not only for the Packers to keep Jordan Love at a lower price point than they would Rodgers but also for Jordan Love to want to stay with the Packers in an environment and a nucleus that he knows very well so he can focus on proving he's a franchise quarterback or so he could just be a franchise quarterback instead of having to go out and win over a team, maybe sign a small deal or something like that and hopefully get it kind of like Jacoby Brissett did back with the Colts. I mean, yeah, if if Rodgers comes back and does opt and they do end up moving him, uh -huh. what 
relief does that uh, provide for the Packers financially and cap wise? And then after that decision, then would they obviously so, exercise that fifth year? Yeah. When when do they have to exercise the fifth year? Because they could just keep them. They could decline it and just franchise tag yeah. them. After if Aaron only plays one more year, they keep them on this year's books. Then franchise tag Jordan Love because I think that's also a good route to go. Because the franchise well. tag wouldn't be much more, if not the same amount as the fifth year, right? right? And maybe a little bit more for maybe having more. to kick the can down the road oh, with yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers for sure has a chance of playing in 2024 with the Packers. So that's going to be my call. I think worst case scenario, they end up franchise tagging Jordan Love if they don't pick up his option. And even if Aaron Rodgers stays this year, I think Jordan Love sits behind him. But the problem with if you say, all right, we're not exercising the fifth year, you're going to spend an extra $10 million, $11 million on the franchise tag because that son of a bitch is $32 million now. Mm. And yeah, or or lose Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> honestly think I think I, I'm I'm gonna guess if we knew Packer fans and we had them on the show, thank God we don't. Um, I'm I'm <laughs> fairly certain that their lives would improve if Rodgers just said I'm retiring, because they get a lot of cap relief, they get to see a year of love, and they don't have to worry about you know jealousy of Rodgers tearing it up for the Jets or some shit like that, mm-hmm. and it. Because although it, I don't know, it just I I get why they extended him last year, two time MVP. Um, but let's face it, with Rodgers, even when he's throwing forty five touchdowns to ten interceptions, they're not winning the Super Bowl. They just refuse to do it, and <laughs> and he's going to be yep. forty, and that's a new wrinkle that he, at some point he's not going to be mm-hmm. good anymore. And last year, for multiple weeks, he didn't look good at all. And it almost seems like if he comes out of his solitary confinement retreat and just like, folks, I'm retiring. I bet you there's a, a percentage of Packer fans that are like, thank God. Yeah, you got to wonder. That's a great question. How many Packer fans don't want him around anymore? You know, I mean, I'm I'm get, I'm perplexed there because I'd like to know that answer. Well, there's a, two things working into it. It's that he's become Farvian in three off seasons where they might have loved him before, but now he's just like, really? We have to do this every January, every February? Where you- yeah. Dink around and you make us wait and you go on retreats and you do ayahuasca and it's become very weird. And then on yeah. top of it all, I talked five minutes ago about how the Lions have the standard of, yay, just go 10 and seven. You'll get a parade. The Packers have the opposite. They get pissed when they lose the NFC championship. And so it doesn't it doesn't do a damn bit of good if he comes back and they go 15 and two and then lose to the 49ers in the NFC championship. Everybody will say, oh, and so I, I think they have this breakoff point financially where if Rogers just said, I'm out, I'm retiring, everybody's kind of like, whew, now we can move on and see if this guy we have for two more years is worth his salt. We don't have to worry about the financial pain of your dumb ass and then, you know, holding us yeah. hostage every offseason. And by the way, just being this newfound prima donna. I, I couldn't agree with that anymore. I, if I had to say this one, I would say. They're going to because this is Green Bay and they love their homegrown quarterbacks. They'll figure out a way to keep love, even if Rodgers comes back. And then this will be the last hurrah for Rodgers, because if it goes to next year in the same podcast, we're talking about what Rodgers is going to do. It will be absolutely Farvian because I believe Favre did it for four or five straight years. 
And right now with Rodgers, we're on year number three of the same thing. The exact mm-hmm. same thing that Favre did. It is absolutely NFL, comical. Is, yeah, the NFL is weird how it does that sometimes. Yeah. Certain script. pieces. Yeah. yeah, even like the Daniel Jones. Script. Daniel Jones is Eli Manning with four or five speed. <laughs> like all types oh, of things. Oh, man, it is crazy, though. But there's no, there's no other quarterback since I've been alive that does this every offseason that just keeps fans rolling their eyes and then like rivals like me going like laughing at it. But Favre and Rogers, two Hall of Fame guys from the same team. So it's either something in the water or it's the biggest coincidence that we've ever seen. Uh, I, you got to think it's deja vu if you're a Packers fan. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, yeah. been watching this for 30 years. Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Jets and then get released and sign with the Lions. Oh, my God. It could happen. <laughs> And the funny, the funny part is, at some point before I'm an old man, the Packers are going to hit a stretch of quarterbacking like the rest of the world has, where they just have a guy who is either like Baker Mayfield or like Derek Carr or even flat out sucks, and they're not going to know how to handle themselves because they haven't. Most of them haven't lived with regular or shitty quarterback play. So gonna... Same with the, same with the Broncos in, in recent years. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Marquette, like you put Marquette, he started watching the Broncos when he was four years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, in his young life, has never known what, what we've known. Yeah. You know, and what we've been used to. So he's it's like, it'd be like us growing up watching the Buccaneers. <laughs> I mean, from the from the eighties. Remember yeah. that? Remember how bad oh, that team was? Or the or the or, Clippers or, in basketball? <laughs> right. I yeah. mean, boy. Oh, it's crazy to think about. But they will go through that stretch, just like like you said. I mean, every team does. Yeah. Oh, Before even... Jordan Love goes on his Hall of Fame journey, no, <laughs> I don't want to. Years wanna... recording this. Nope. I don't want to occupy it. the next decade and a half. <laughs> no, oh, we man. even saw we saw inklings of it this year when the Packers went through their. Losing streak. They the fans acted like babies. Like it was the worst thing that ever happened. And it was like this is how it goes, guys. When you don't go 13 wins every year, you go through shit like this. Trust Man. me, it happens. Yeah, my All boss right. is a huge Packers fan, so it was oh, a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, no, yeah, they just they turn. It's they, it's really funny. They turn into like babies, like, like toddlers of throwing fits. All right, Wes. Um, in case this one gets skipped, I'm gonna bump it up on the agenda. Uh, we talked last week, and I think kind of agreed that Justin Jefferson will probably be the number one overall pick in PPR regular drafts, if you want to call them that. But there will be a lot of startup dynasty drafts this year. And you and I have talked off air about how um, John Robinson from the Longhorns will probably be in this conversation, but I want to get you guys on record. If you're drafting in a startup dynasty this summer, Wes, I bet you will. Tell me the top three picks um, in a non-super flex league. So, you know, pretty much which... Which running I get in theory you could take a quarterback, but which running back and wide receiver or tight ends go off the board in a startup dynasty PPR? Uh we got Jefferson going one, Jamar Chase going two, and three. It could be a toss-up. It'll be a running back. Okay. Uh could be Jonathan Taylor, um or Bijan. Um Possibly um, Brees Hall, but one of those three guys would likely be um, third in that grouping. Okay. Cody, do you disagree with that at all? 
No, I'm, I was I'm a little surprised. We had the exact same top three minus <laughs> ending with Bajan Robinson. And then again, I'm over here like, man, mine and Wes's offseason fantasy football juices are already flowing. You already know it's Justin <laughs> Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Bajan Robinson in my drafts. No question about it. Yeah, I was thinking, so I haven't done a mock dynasty yet. I was thinking, just spitballing, that it would be Jefferson, Bijan, depending on what team he goes to, and then uh, Jamar at Mm -hmm. number three. Um, Do you think it matters what team Robinson goes to, like in terms of fantasy? I think I I said this recently, or I meant to say it. I think the only way Bijan falls much farther than where he's at right now for me is if he's somehow like, loses a finger or a a phalange (laughs) of some sort he could go think of the worst possible place for him to go um seattle they already got a stud you know he can go to seattle or pittsburgh or wherever i'm cool with it i'm still taking him where i'm taking him you could put him up against the baddest of the bad put him up against cmc and and saquon and i think he he's probably outperforms both oh. of them without a doubt. So I got a, I got a question. Obviously I have no opinion on this, um, but what in the world is a dynasty league? Can you oh. explain that to me in layman's terms? Keep them until you cut them. Yeah. It's basically like you're a general manager of a fantasy football team. So you draft uh, usually has a couple more roster spots and bench spots than a league that you'll play in every year. And then when you redraft, the next year, all you're drafting is free agents and rookies. So, oh. yeah, you basically, if you draft Bijan Robinson or I draft Justin Jefferson this summer, I got him for the next 12 years if I want him. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you cut him or trade him. So yes. That's like, like me with Wes, all the leagues we were in, I'm all like Lewis Seen, like all the ones where we had defensive players. I'm over drafting them too high because <laughs> I want the Vikings for <laughs> as long as their careers are, you know? D- d- defensive players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where it gets really in depth is where you could start like three defensive linemen, four linebackers, three okay. defensive backs. I see. Mm-hmm. And then so the, and you yeah. can make, and so just by listening to you, you can make moves and things oh, at yeah. any time during the year. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's the beauty so, of like it. me and yeah, you could trade like a defensive tackle and a receiver for a better receiver. I mean, there's some leagues where Wes is, was not expecting to compete and I was. And so we would flip, he'd give me some older pieces and I'd give him future draft picks and younger players he's willing to bet on. And then I'm going to the championship and he's drafting Bajan Robinson. And then, Cody and, then, and I made a draft day trade and in, in one, one league, um, uh-huh. I, Jumped in front of him to grab Kyle Pitts because I knew he wanted Kyle Pitts. And then later on in the draft, after he had taken Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews, I I guess he must have got cold feet on Andrews. So I was able to snag him from him as well. Yeah, as soon as he took my my Kyle Pitts piece, I was like, you know, I'm I'm not competing this year because (laughs) too many quarterbacks went. So I kicked the can down the road and. It worked out all right. And, sa- and same rules apply. They end after like what week 13 mm-hmm. yep. or, or what have you. Yep. 14. Yeah. Basically, the only difference is you cut the players. Um, it's the only way that you get them off your team is you cut them or trade them. And everything else is the same. And then after the NFL draft, some point in the summer, you'll draft rookies and or if there's any free agents. If, if you if you want to. Well, I mean, you got to draft rookies. Yeah. 
Oh, so oh, yeah. like you'll so like if you if you finish worse in the league, you'll have the first pick of the first round. So like you would be taking Bajan Robinson. If you finish first in the twelve team league, you'd have pick one point twelve. So you'd be have the twelfth rookie pick. And then you would have to cut somebody though. Yep. Yeah. 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 And just usually about time you got enough players transitioning out to where you know there's like a Kenny Galladay, you can cut that guy. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically, Jason, it's being the general manager long term of a fantasy football team. It's pretty oh, fun. That, you should, yeah, you should try it on for size. That, that does sound cool. Let me ask you this, Jason. This has been on my mind for about a week since I've been playing around with these mock drafts. Because of where we're at with the analytics focus in football, um, and Cody might want to plug your ears here. Uh, Bajan Robinson could really go anywhere in the first round. And I'm talking all the way from 25 to 32. Isn't it weird, Jason, that you could like a guy that's supposed to be this good, as good as Adrian, certainly as good as Saquon, at least on paper. Isn't it weird? He could, it's just like he's gravy to a team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 ins- I, I, I don't I don't fully understand it really so much as far as the is the the running back um, draft and how teams view running backs. I think teams view them as that. They can get anybody behind them, uh, behind the line and just, you know, churn them out for for uh, five, six years and then be done with them and yeah. never really pay them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, with the exception of a few, I know. I swear to God, like, it started like after Z. the Broncos port, uh, traded Clinton Portis. I swear to God, the Broncos started the trend. No, I think so. I mm-hmm. think that they did. And, um, you know, but, uh, you know, ahead of that, you know, has to be you know, a, a team that views the offensive line to be very important as well. Um, you know, I think behind a good offensive line, you can do that, can get away with that. And behind good coaching, you, you certainly can. I know that there's a few guys like say, like Saquon, what's going to happen with him this year? I mean, he, he, is he, he's a free agent. If I'm not mistaken, is he going to get paid? How much are they going to pay him? And how stupid is the team that does pay him? I think it'll be the giants. Be. And I think it'll be, I don't think he's going to, you know, demand 15, 16 million. I think I think we're going to start to see that only him and maybe another dude get like 12, 13 million um, because I think that that's what the market is. And then everybody else is just kind of like, man, um, I yeah. really think the league is pivoting away. I mean, you look at Dalvin Cook's 14 million dollar cap it for the Vikings and it feels like an albatross. Yeah. yeah, long long term, the only way to save the running back position, in my opinion, is to create some sort of like separate cap room or like some type of chart to where they have to be paid a minimum amount. Otherwise, you're going to see we we're starting to see the effects, but we haven't really yet of these running backs choosing to play other positions combined with the NFL also going almost completely aerial. You look at Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. They're ground game was the short passing attack so i mean we're gonna see maybe year 2030 you're gonna have normally we haven't had a running back go in the top three rounds for five plus years and they're not getting paid worth a damn and you tell your kids don't play running yeah it's it's unfortunate what's uh, happened to the position really i mean because they god they deserve to be you know, well, yeah, 20 years ago, Bajan Robinson would be the unanimous number one overall pick. Oh, yeah. Now, everybody like Dustin's saying 25 to 32. I don't think he makes it out of the top 15. And that just shows you right there the whole how it's all thrown out the window. Because even me, I'm saying top 15. I mean, this guy should be top five. Yeah. Hey, well, and then they're really 
break it, take it down to brass tacks. But like you said yourself, five, six years from now, he's not going to be worth it. Just like Leonard Fournette and the Jags. Yeah, take a look at this list. Run them uh, into the ground for their rookie deal and then forget about them. I so mean, that's why they need Mark that capper. Marcus uh, Mosher, he, he's posted every year after the Super Bowl uh, winner, the breakdown of uh that Super Bowl winning team's leading rusher on that season. Uh, this year it was Isaiah Pacheco, who was a seventh rounder. Uh, his salary, I think, came in around. And Wes five or knew that guy was going to be good too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the year before that, Cam Akers on a $1.1 million contract. Before that, Leonard Fournette, $2 million. Uh, before that, Damian Williams with the Chiefs, uh, $1 million. Before that, Sonny Michelle. Uh, four hundred eighty thousand. Before that, Legarrette Blunt nine hundred thousand. Before that, Legarrette Brunt Blunt seven hundred sixty thousand. Before that, C.J. Anderson uh, five hundred eighty thousand. Before that, Legarrette Blunt seven hundred thirty thousand. Before that, Percy Harvin, <laughs> uh, wide receiver. Uh, two point five million. Before that, Ray Rice two million. Yep. Uh, before that, Ahmad Bradshaw one point five million. Before that, James Starks, uh, three hundred thousand. Before that, Pierre Thomas, four hundred. Yeah, you got a wide receiver making. I think we making the most out of that group. Making think, the most, and yeah, I think the problem, um, or pro- the explanation as to why it feels like you know Jason says it's it's sad, you know, like it's not fair to the running backs. It's true, but we're stuck in. There's a lot of men in general manager positions that were still that came up during the 90s when it was still the thing to have Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, and in the 2000s with Adrian Marshall Falk. And they're still convinced, like Mike Zimmer, like you got to have your running back. You got you to be able to do it. And then you have the new wave that's like, shit, you don't need those guys. Are you kidding me? They ju- they read the list that Wes just did. And so there's 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 still that that pull. Of the to the NFL of yesteryear that says, oh, we can still win with a running back. You know, we're going to do it this way, and you don't need them. Otherwise, they would be on Super Bowl winning teams once in a while. They never are. That list that Wes read off was absolutely comprehensive. If you're paying running backs, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yep. and you'll be finding this year alone. You'll be finding for sure, guaranteed. You'll find starters in the fifth round without a doubt in my mind. There's I. I mean, like I've said before, I'll take uh, like at least 10 of these running backs. If it was like how it used to be, mm-hmm. we'd have 10, 10 running backs before the third round yeah. in this year's draft. That's how crazy it is. But you're going to see people like Roshan Johnson, who's Bijan Robinson's backup. He's like my fifth best running back. But because he, how he stacks up to the rest of the running backs, he's going to be going probably fourth or fifth round. Yeah. But he will be a starter without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, and it's it's not gonna they're not gonna have a resurgence. Let's put it that way. Unless there's some nope. sort of NFLPA thing where we they have to be paid a certain amount. Um, yep. Nope, it's just gonna be a continual dying off. Which, yeah, I think that they, they I think what they need to do with the running back position is flip the script and make their rookie deal more valuable than yeah. their second deal. Yeah, that would be great for longevity. I do agree that someone should step in at some point or else we're, it's just like it's going to go away. 
the it's not like Dustin said, it's not smart to draft a running back. We could cut Dalvin Cook, and I still don't want to draft a running back before the fourth round. No thanks. <laughs> if we had no running backs in the room, I still don't want them. If they, yeah. if, if they, but if they, if they, yeah, if they Go made ahead. it top heavy so that the mandate was rookie running backs have to be paid X do- dollars, wouldn't you just say, well, I'm not drafting one? I'll just get the undrafted free agency, and then you wouldn't have any of them drafted. <clears throat> like it's just, it's, it's, yeah, un- it's, it's an unfortunate byproduct of the past happiness of the NFL. And then <clears throat> I kid you not, the list that read that Wes read means something. It's not just. 12 coincidences mm-hmm. and that's yeah, even th- dating back to the old NFL to like 2010. Yeah. It, but I do think though, and I saw it this year <laughs> a little bit that the past happiness, which is awesome and I love it. But I mean, unless you're, you know, unless you're the, the chiefs uh, or in some cases, the, the Bengals, And then there's a few other teams in there that, that you can, that you can put in that category as well. The Eagles did a great job, but it, no, not the Eagles were more of a run team for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not work out well for teams that continuously try to do that. I mean, I think we're seeing it. I mean, even when, even when the Rams were healthy this year, I mean, that didn't look good. You know, I mean, I think it it is kind of trending back toward a more prominent role for those running backs, um, albeit slowly. Yeah, because Unless it, I'm the only one that noticed that. No, it's. it's I, I, I think it's, it. I think I, it could be skewed due to mobile quarterbacks for sure. Yeah, and I well. think it's also because I'm, defensive coordinators are getting smarter to contain the pass happiness. That smart offensive coordinators are like, all right, bitch, then I'll run the ball, and you'll see that mm-hmm. give and take. But I don't yeah, think yeah. we're I don't think we're ever going back to bell cows and <clears throat> you know the 1990s. I think it is the past happiness is here to stay um, because it just per per the analytics, you know, it's like going for we're not going to stop going for on fourth down because the math is suddenly wrong. Um, there'd have to be rule changes. All right, the last thing I want to ask uh, you guys just give me a one sentence answer, Jason. I'll start with you. Just because the the Browns are weird, and this time this time last year they made the huge headline to get Deshaun Watson. And they'll get them back for a full year. Predict the Browns' record, Jason, in 2024 when the season's over. Seven and ten. Wes. Seven and ten. Nine and eight. Nine and eight. Cody. Browns. Uh, at least nine wins in the playoffs. Okay, I have ten and seven in a wild card. Um, because whether you like him or not, I think Watson will benefit from a full off season. And Kevin Stefanski is a pretty damn good football coach. All right, you guys returning to his roots. Yep. You guys, uh, you think about what you want to talk about next week at this time next week, we'll have three weeks before free agency. So we can either start getting into maybe the offense side of the ball or defensive side of the ball, but I'm going to guess the, we have a, yeah, we have a off season kickoff, uh, starting with the team that's in charge of it all. Uh, the Chicago (laughs) bears, that's right. Uh, and we'll have uh, Jonathan join us. All right. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to nice. come back. So we, we're going to we'll follow the smoke uh, about fields. But I'm, I'm anxious to ask him because. I, oh, man, you guys had me convinced there for about 45 seconds that it maybe it's wise <laughs> just to trade fields, get something and then start the clock for five years on Bryce Young. But then it's probably too titillating not to take the six draft picks you'll get for sliding down three spots. We'll, we'll yeah. ask, we're going to ask him. There should be no better expert. 
Yeah, I can't wait to hear his response to that because that's a con- quite the conundrum. Yeah, and I'm going to make him thank the Vikings for beating the Bears in Week 18. Because they're, 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 they're <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we'll talk to you in one week. Good night, guys. Right, later. 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 Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.